Welcome to Asia Rising, a podcast from Latrobe Asia, where we discuss news, views, and general happenings of Asian states and societies. I'm your host, Matt Smith. India will soon be unveiling the world's tallest statue, the Statue of Unity. At 182 metres tall, it towers over its nearest competitor by more than 50 metres. The statue in the Narmada district of Gujarat is of independence leader Patel and is not without controversy. Here to discuss the statue of a man who Modi dubs the Iron Man of India is Dr. Alexander Davis, a New Generation Network postdoctoral fellow with La Trobe University and the Australian India Institute. Thank you for joining me, Alex. Thanks, Matt. It's good to be here. So can you start by throwing out some some big impressive numbers? Why is this statue uh, something that we should go, ooh, when we're standing in front of? And you've been to the site. Can you tell me about the location as well and, and why you think that's a good place for it? Yeah, absolutely. So without the location, I'd say that the statue project in some ways doesn't make a great deal of sense. But when you factor in where it is, it starts to make a little bit more sense. So in terms of big numbers, like you've already said, the statue is going to be 182 metres tall, which makes it quite comfortably the largest statue in the world. It costs 416 million US dollars to build, most of which seems to have come from the government of Gujarat, not Mm. the Indian federal government, although Modi did uh, provide $32 million after he became prime minister uh, through the federal budget. And they're expecting something like one to two million visitors to to visit the statue a year. Yeah. Which is a lot for something, like you said, is is a long way out of the way. It's 90 kilometres south of the nearest city, which is Vadodara in Gujarat. But um, the statue really starts to make sense once you start factoring in the Sada Sarava Dam, which is what it's being built next to. Okay, so was it chosen because of the the location of that? Yes, yeah. absolutely, yeah. So the Sada Sarava Dam was a really long-running nation-building project, which dates back decades. It was conceived of during the 1950s, and its foundation stone was laid by India's first Prime Minister, Jawaharlal Nehru, in 1961. Mm. But it wasn't inaugurated until last year. That's because it took 50, 60 years to build because it was shut down repeatedly by uh, legal concerns over the effect it would have on local peoples and the environmental impact of the dam. So it took over 50 years to to finalise this dam. Uh, And the statue is looking out over the dam. So on approach to the site, you drive up through the site it's 90 kilometres south of Gujarat, of Vadodara, as I said, and they're widening the roads, so it should be a very quick drive. At the moment, it takes you know an hour or two because you're slowed down by, by construction. Uh, but the first thing that you'll see as you go through the site and clear a security checkpoint is the statue. So you'll see the statue before before you see the dam, and then presumably visitors will visit the statue, and there's a viewing deck. Uh, up the top. I'm not exactly sure where it'll be on the statue, if it'll be on top of Patel's head or maybe looking out of his eyes, which I think is is quite symbolic, that you will see the dam for the first time properly Mm. um, from the top of Patel's head. uh, So it's very complimentary. Yes. Yeah. So there's a bit of a dispute historically over who's responsible for the dam, whose idea was it. Mm. This was a really massive project that the Indian state undertook in the 1950s. And it's a, it's a project that 
really emphasizes India's self-reliance, uh, India's engineering genius, India's scientific skills. And it's a big state-led project, the yeah, kind yeah. of development that we associate with with the socialist Prime Minister Jawaharlal Nehru. But the BJP argues that, well, the dam was really Patel's idea. So there's a his, sort of historiographical fight over who does the dam belong to? Does it belong to Nehru or Patel? And mm-hmm. having this statue of Patel looking out over the dam will really confirm in, in everyone's mind who visits it that the dam was Patel's idea. Yeah, so it's very much the, the politics of it uh, of the statue is tied up in the politics of the dam as well. Yep. Okay, that's, um, that's really interesting. And, and you've been uh, to this site. Was the statue had it started constructed when you were there? It had started. The dam is complete and it's already attracting tourists. Mm. The statue, though, when I visited in January last year, early January, um, was really just two or three enormous towering concrete pylons. So it was already about at the height that it's going to be. It just had... you, you. you would have had no idea what was going on yeah, or who yeah. it was going to be of. That's a symptom of the construction, though. You've got the inner core yeah, being built absolutely. there of, of, of concrete, yeah. steel and everything like that. And then there's a copper plating going on the outside, which will be the, the statue of Patel. So yeah. can you tell me about Patel? Why does he warrant the world's biggest statue being dedicated to him? Well, first of all, you've got to understand a little bit about India's nationalist historiography. The two biggest figures, the two best-known figures... Uh, certainly in India, but also outside of India, are Mahatma Gandhi, Mm. who's definitely the best known outside of India, and Jawaharlal Nehru. The BJP, the current ruling party, in particular Modi, uh, argue that Patel's been neglected, uh, that the Congress party only likes to remember people who fit within its its sort of its dynasty, the Nehru Gandhi family. Modi argues and the BJP argues that Patel's been maligned or ignored or forgotten and not memorialized enough. Mm. So so they want to emphasize Patel's role. There's a bit more that we should say here about Patel's life. In particular, the thing that the BJP finds a, a resonance with and that Modi finds a resonance with is Patel's work as Deputy Prime Minister of India. So Nehru was the first Prime Minister of India and Patel was was his deputy. Patel, Nehru and Gandhi are probably three of the most important heads of the Indian National Congress at the time as it was an independence movement. They're all British educated lawyers. Patel and Gandhi are both from Gujarat. Nehru uh, is from Kashmir. But the, the really key thing here is is the is Patel's work as Deputy Prime Minister. So Patel was given the job of incorporating the 560 princely states of colonial India mm. into into the Indian Union, into what was to become the the Republic of India. So he did this mostly through diplomatic tact, through negotiating with the various Indian princes, but he also underlaid this with the threat of force. There were three really big princely states who considered going it alone, trying to become their own country, or wavered about whether they would join uh, India or Pakistan. So the the best known one is Kashmir. There was a a princely state in Travancore in South India, which also had a ruler who wasn't sure they wanted to join India and lose their their rank, lose their uh, princely status. 
but the the biggest one was Hyderabad and Hyderabad effectively wasn't part of the Union of India until 1948. So India becomes independent in 1947. The Nizam of Hyderabad tried to go it alone for over a year. Mm. Hyderabad was eventually annexed by India. So they used military force to incorporate Hyderabad into India. And this is something that, that the BJP finds finds a resonance with. And Patel was the person who was overseeing that. I mean, he had to get Nehru to agree to it, but they're remembering, they're seeing this as something principally done by by Sadar Patel. Mm, mm. This comes back to why the statue is called the Statue of Unity, I suppose. The country of India would not have the uh, the scope of unity that it does without Patel. This is the narrative that the, the BJP are pushing. This is their historical view mm. of the process of India becoming a state with the borders that it that it does have. Yes. Yeah. This is the historical narrative that the BJP feels it has a resonance with. So by building the statue in the location that it is and they're uh, predicting up to 2 million tourists per year, they're only going after the domestic market, aren't they? I think so. I think although there's a lot of talk coming from the BJP in the Indian media that this is the biggest statue in the world, mm. they're not really expecting that many foreigners to go and visit it. So when I was there, there were a couple of hundred tourists there who were mostly there to see the dam. And the statue was nowhere near completion. It was a bit of a curiosity, I suppose. Mm. But there was a, a bit of confusion as to why I would want to go. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. It definitely wasn't on the international tourist trail. Yeah. Um, and I don't imagine that it will be because Patel's not well known outside of India, but he is known within India. So yes, they're going after the domestic market. And so the unveiling for this statue is going to be at the end of October, October 31st. I think it's October 31st. That's correct. It'll be on uh, October 31st, Modi declared to be National Unity Day every year, and it's Patel's birthday. Okay. So how is Modi using this then, not only as promoting Patel's role in the BJP, if I can loosely put it that way, but also as a way of um, of, of showing what he's achieving? Yeah, I mean, the statue dates back to Modi's time as Chief Minister of Gujarat. It's really a project of the government of Gujarat more than it is a project of the Indian federal government. I think we might see Modi making a speech in inaugurating the statue, which starts to look at kicking off his electoral campaign for for elections in 2019. Mm. And I imagine he'll say that this is sort of the culmination of some of his nation-building work or that the start of of New India, which he likes to talk about. So we'll start to see a bit more of a mythology build up around Patel mm. and the linking of that mythology to the BJP and to Modi in particular. Yeah, yeah, because it isn't just a statue as well. Like the international airport is named after Patel as well. Just about everything in Gujarat seems to be named after Sada Patel. Yeah. Uh, the national stadium... A lot of roads named after Patel. Yes, there's um, the biggest airport in Gujarat's named after him. So mm. the BJP have been naming a lot of things in Gujarat after Sada Patel, yeah. which is not not unusual. I mean, he is. I don't want to downplay him here. He is a major historic figure in India's in India's nationalist movement. It's just more of a question of why now, why this statue, why spend so much money on on this kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and the statue itself. Um, 
they've made a an attempt to play up the unity of it. So I know they did collections of scrap iron and and farm implements mm. and everything like that, and that's going to be incorporated into the base, if I remember correctly. That's right. Yeah. So a couple of years ago, they put out a call for India's farmers to send in their used iron implements, and will and they tried to incorporate them into the into the statue. So the idea being that the material for the statue will be sourced from all over the country. Mm. A lot of that iron apparently turned out to be not high quality enough to to go into the the statue itself, and so it's been incorporated into things like the visitor's centre or the, the base of the statue. Yeah, yeah. And when it's opened and inaugurated, it'll become the world's tallest statue, uh, topping the spring border in China, but it won't remain the world's tallest statue for long and not even the most tallest statue in India if plans come off the way that they're going to. Yeah, so the government in Maharashtra is planning a, a statue to a, a 16th century king who's thought of as starting off the Marathi Empire. Mm. So this will be built off the coast of Mumbai with the, the height coming from the base and then the statue of Shivaji riding a horse and then quite a bit of height will also come from the tip of his sword. Yes, yeah. So on paper, though, world's tallest statue. Uh, yes, until someone else decides to try to top it. <laughs> but the reason behind that statue as well uh, and the topic of it is also uh, bound up in party mythology, I suppose, isn't it? Uh, yes, so this is a, a pre-independence leader and a, a leader with a rep- reputation not unlike Patel for for the use of force. So the RSS, for example, doesn't like Gandhi's idea of nonviolence, and mm. they they blame Gandhi uh, for the breakup of India and the partition of India because the argument being that he sort of emasculated India or took away its its martial valour or its military strength. And so memorialising these independence leaders or pre-colonial leaders who can be remembered as for the use of force, it tends to construct a sort of a more hyper-masculine view of India, mm. um, a little bit more militaristic than, say, an enormous statue of Gandhi would be someone who was focused on on non-violence. Yeah. So I think there's sort of hyper-masculine undertones to this, uh, and this is part of a project of changing the nature of the Indian state and changing the way that India's history is remembered. Yeah, yeah. So that one will be 212 metres tall, so a grand total of about 20 metres taller than the statue of Patel. Yeah, I'm not sure um, exactly where that decision came from. They, It sounds like they kept deciding to make the statue just a little bit taller mm. and have now outdone their, their friends in Gujarat. So there might be a bit of rivalry between Maharashtra and Gujarat going on there <laughs> yes. as well. Yeah, yeah. So what does uh, India think of the Statue of Unity then? What's the... What's the country vibe on the topic and the motives behind it? If you just read the English language press in India, then mostly it's been quite critical. Uh, But if you read, say, the things that are put out by Narendra Modi or from the BJP, then you might see that it's 
very popular. It's very popular among Modi's base, I think, is is probably the key thing to say there. Mm. So the critiques that I've seen made of the statue in the in, in the Indian media are being that, first of all, that this is enormously expensive and we could be doing something else with 400 million US dollars. Mm-hmm. So it's been critiqued as unnecessary, as too expensive. It's also been critiqued for using Chinese labour in the building process, which is a little bit strange for a great nation building project. But that was because they outsourced the uh, mm. the construction of the, the copper plating in particular. Yeah. Uh, so the only place they could find that was up to making it on that scale and on the, on the timeline that they required was Chinese labour and Chinese craftsman skills. The firm that they've got making it uh, has been involved in China's big statues, so they've got that experience in it. So I can kind of see why they needed to go that route, but maybe wouldn't want to publicise it too much. So there's this tension between India and China, which we're all well aware of in the, in the Himalaya and in Sikkim, um, but they're also trying to each outdo one another in terms of who's got the world tallest statue. But yeah. the Indians have had to use Chinese labourers to build the the statue of Patel. It's a really interesting dynamic. The other critique that I've seen made of the statue is that it isn't doing enough to help local people in the area, and that's a critique that was long held against the Narmada Dam. Mm. So there's people who have been displaced by the dam project and by the statue project who still can't find work on either project. That's a, been a big criticism of it. Yeah, yeah. But when it does open, when it's inaugurated uh, at the end of this month and Modi's there cutting a ribbon, I suppose, this is going to be a big achievement for him. One, the speed that it's been pulled off in, two, the scale that it's happened. Three, he's actually following through on something that he started mm. uh, back when he was in charge of the state of Gujarat. So all of this is going to show that when the election comes around next year, Modi is a man of his word. Modi can get a job done of this scale, uh, world's biggest statue now in India. Mm, that's right. I suspect the Indian National Congress's response will be to say that, yes, and Patel was one of us. He mm. was a member of the Indian National Congress. And so they may not like the expense or some of the historical narratives which are, which are presented by the by the statue, but they can also just argue that, well, yeah, he was part of the Indian National Congress. Mm. <laughs> but, yeah, Modi will definitely take this as, as a quite major long-running achievement. All right. Thank you for your time today. No problem. Thank you very much, Matt. You've been listening to Asia Rising, the podcast from Latrobe Asia. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts or on SoundCloud. Please leave a review. We always love to hear from the listeners. You can follow Alexander Davis on Twitter. He is at Alex E. Davis NGN. And you can follow Latrobe Asia. We are at Latrobe Asia. I'm Matt Smith, and thanks for listening.